Kerry Henry, Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, Amy Winehouse, Paddington Bear, Nicola Adams, Sherlock Holmes, Boudicca, Florence Nightingale. They all have something in common. They're all commemorated in statue form. In the UK, it's fair to say we like the odd statue. London is certainly a city of statues and memorials, with Westminster alone having over 300 statues. A study by the Public Monuments and Sculpture Association found that approximately 80% of statues in the UK to be that of males, and it's thanks to Queen Victoria that this figure isn't even higher. With the blue plaques, this figure sits around 85% to be historical male figures. In this episode, we'll look at four statues and memorials in London and the stories behind them. Hi and welcome back to the Historical Crimes and Criminals podcast and it's another History by episode. I'm Steve, your host. King Henry VIII is arguably England's best known king, mainly due to his many wives, but it's a surprise that there's only one public statue of him in London. Queen Victoria has 10 statues in London alone, never mind the rest of the UK. Henry's statue stands above the entrance to St. Bart's Hospital. St. Bartholomew's Hospital had been founded by monks in the 12th century and was linked to the nearby priory. When King Henry's Reformation closed the priory, the hospital was in danger of being closed too. It led to a great petition to be put to the king and authorities argued that there would be Miserable people lying on the street, offending every clean person passing by with their filth and nasty savours. In 1546, the king granted the hospital to the people of London. When rebuilding took place in 1702, a small statue of Henry VIII was placed above the gatehouse entrance to the hospital where it stands to this day. Near Pudding Lane, the scene of the start of the Great Fire of London, lies London's smallest public statue. It is to be found near the bottom of Philpot Lane, which runs between East Cheap and Fenchurch Street. It was named after the 14th century Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Philpot. In 1862, two workmen were working on the construction of a building and were up on the scaffolding. They were apparently friends, but one was not happy when he went to eat his cheese sandwich, which he found had been eaten. The two get into a furious row, which led to a fist fight, and both plummeted to their deaths. Later investigations found that mice had stolen the food. 
A small statue of two mice fighting over a piece of cheese can be found above the site of present-day Joe and the Juice. Queen Anne's statue lies in front of the entrance to St Paul's Cathedral. It was unveiled in 1713, just three years after the completion of the new St Paul's. Soon after, the statue was daubed with the lines, Brandy Nan, Brandy Nan, left in the lurch, her face to the gin shop and back to the church. It's fair to say the Queen had a reputation for a love of alcohol. This statue was also attacked three times, in 1743, 1768 and 1882, the last attack causing such disrepair that a replacement statue was commissioned in 1885. Queen Victoria was given the option of moving the statue from its position to create more space in front of St Paul's, but she declined, no doubt fearing that moving statues could spark a dangerous precedent. The statue is now Grade 2 listed. On the roundabout, at the south side of the Trafalgar Square, sits a statue of Charles I on a horse. This bronze statue was commissioned in 1633 from the French sculptor Hubert Lesseur and unveiled in 1647. Following defeat in the English Civil War, Charles was executed in 1649 and England became a commonwealth until the restoration of the monarchy with his son in 1660. After his execution, Oliver Cromwell sold the statue to John Rivett, a metalsmith in Holborn, with orders that his statue destroyed. Rivett, clearly showing astute judgement and faith, didn't destroy it, but buried it in his garden and made huge profits selling bronze pieces which he said came from the statue. When Charles II became king in 1660, Rivett promptly dug up the statue and sold it to the new king. After some restoration work was completed, the statue was recited in its current position in 1675. So now Charles I sits atop proudly on his horse, looking down the mall towards Parliament. And from his perched view, you will forever see Banquenton House's balcony, where on a cold, bitter January day in 1649, he was beheaded with one huge swipe of an axe and his head held high for the mass crowds to witness. Well, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this History Byte episode, and if you did, please subscribe, leave a review, Tell your friends and join me on Twitter and Facebook on the Historical Crimes and Criminals podcast. I've been Steve, your host. Till next time, bye-bye.